You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So an actor is saying his lines, and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. Jimmy, don't cry for me. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. <laughs> what was that sound? I don't know. <laughs> it was like a, like a, I don't know, like a punching noise? <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, right, we're doing the scene from the martial arts thing, right. the martial arts musical that they wrote. <laughs> Excellent segue. This week, we're t- uh, <laughs> I'm, my name's Dan Tracy. Uh, my name is Joe Carroll. I'm currently in the cast of Gun and Powder uh, at the Signature Theater in D.C. That's cool to say. Yeah, that feels cool. Yeah. Uh, and this week, we are talking to Angelica Sherry and Ross Baum, the writers of Gun and Powder. We sure are. And they also did a like a thesis thing on a... They wrote some musical numbers for a kung fu movie, and that's why we were making yes. kung fu noises. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, they wrote a musical sequence for uh, yeah, a martial arts film, which yeah. I guess is... Yeah. But, which will never live to see the light of day, I think. No, because unfortunately. It was, <laughs> but they, uh, this is really cool because um, we, we get to pick the brains of the people who are writing your show. Yeah. Um, uh, Ross is... I've known Ross for a long time. We did um, this workshop of this Kerrigan Loudermilk show called The Bad Years, which some of you probably know some of the music from that, although I'm like showing my age, I feel like here, which is crazy because I don't feel old, but like... The songs that kids are singing now. Kids? I just said, you sounded like you were 70 years point, old. Point being, like, 16-year-old girls are singing, like, Beetlejuice and Heathers. Yeah. They're not singing Kerrigan Loudermilk songs, which is what they were singing when I was 16. Uh, you know oh, what I, I mean? see. Yeah, there was a lot of... Um, so they uh, might not actually r- know Run what, Away With Me. Like, Run we, Away With we, Me we is are, our song. Yes, yeah, but yeah. there's, like, Avalanche. Yeah, of course, of course, and, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember all yeah, the other. But those shows were like the hot musical in. theater songs when we were in college. And yeah, and this and show stuff, Bad yeah. Years is like filled with a bunch of those songs that everyone used to sing in concerts. Love it. And um, that's how I met Ross. And um, now he's he's gone on to this crazy. He's been working on this show for five years with Angelica, and but he's one of the founding members of that acapella group Range. Have you seen oh, them on YouTube and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, he's that, like yeah. so he like does a lot of the arrangements for that, and they've been like all over. They've I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw them perform like on one of the big morning shows, but they've been um 
they've been on like Nickelodeon and Sesame street and billboard and they've done playbill videos and all this stuff. So th they're really cool. You can check them out on Spotify. He's also, uh, obviously, uh, um, a composer and orchestrator and has done, um, a bunch of different things there and is a vocal coach and teacher and he's a performer. The dude's voice is insane. Yeah. And all he got a of BFA, the demos. He got a BFA from, from uh, Syracuse. From Syracuse. Yeah. yeah. And all of the demos of the show that we're doing, he sung on. Yeah. Which and is just so they're rude. so good. See, I think that's so incredibly valuable. We don't talk about that enough. Like when the demos are amazing, you know, when you get a... It completely a, changed the game for me. Totally. Because I was like, oh, oh like just this... Just do it like this. Yeah. Yeah. Or like find your version of this. That's what But I it's meant. not yeah. like trying to it's just so different than what you sometimes get which is like, like sometimes just midi tracks yeah, like just sometimes like, just, just a like keyboard a do, 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 yeah do, do, and then there's do. no that's a, that's a christmas song i just did but but totally <laughs> true like sometimes there's no interpretation and there's, right. there was just so much life in this that yeah. it made it so much easier so yeah and props uh, to him. his writing partner angelica sherry uh they were you know they were obviously wrote gun and powder together but she's written a bunch of plays uh including uh the prophets of cycle trilogy that uh includes three plays uh, the seeds of abraham the sting of white roses and crowd nation other plays include uh, I Will Not Lie to David, Berta Berta, Slow Gin Fits, and uh, a children's play called Learn to Speak Doll. She's written a bunch of pilots that have been uh, finalists at uh, at festival, uh, you know, different, um, like one of her TV, TV pilots, Derailed, was a semifinalist uh, for this uh, Showtime's uh, sort of emerging cool. screenplay competition and stuff. She's done all sorts of stuff. She's got a bunch of stuff in the works. Bunch of stuff in the works. Um, she got a BA in theater from UCLA and an MFA in playwriting from Columbia and an MFA in musical theater writing from NYU and that's where she and Ross met. Yes, she has two MFAs which is like crazy. so insane. I have none. And Lynn Nottage is her mentor. Yes, which is crazy. Which is really cool. Um, yeah, um, so so these two are, and they're, they're totally up and coming. We're all the same age. They uh, are just, you know, we're catching them on the, right as the wave is cresting, I feel like. Like people yeah. are just about to know who they are um, yeah. and uh, Gun and Powder is going to be awesome and uh it's fun. I love picking the, the brains of writers because they're just, it's just different than actors sometimes. And, and yeah. I got to ask my question that I really wanted to ask them. I was like, what do you wish actors know? You know, like you sit, you know, at the table and you're working on this thing and then a bunch of actors come in and, and what would you like us to know? Like, like what can we do to make your life better? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and, and yeah. feed your piece because yeah. that's what we're trying to do is like tell your story and, yeah. and bring us to it. And I thought that, you know, both of them had really eloquent answers to that. So listen for that. That was my favorite part. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Um, I, I just, I don't even know what to say. I, I, you know, Angelica pointed to like my audition for that show. And the only thing I can say is that like, sometimes preparation is hard and sometimes it's not because sometimes it just makes sense to you. Yeah. And like, this was just one of those scenarios where it made sense. And they talked about how I like brought it to life or whatever. And like that just came naturally to me. I didn't really have to work at it. It just right. was there. Such a cool compliment to like have yeah. the writers here. And, and you know, yeah. you had this, it was cool because you had this lightning bolt moment with the material Yeah, and you loved the material. And then you got to say that to them yeah. and they got to say to you, like you brought this character to life, you yeah. know, exactly how we wanted. It was a very sweet moment. And I was yeah. also here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's Angelica and Ross. I can't change course to wander and roam. I have to take this freedom and bring it back, back home. Are you recording? Uh-huh. Okay. 
So first of all, I have to thank both of you for giving my best friend a job. <laughs> because he was getting a little weird. Waitress is closing and he was getting a little crazy uh, and he was trying to make this podcast like, you know, way too important and uh, you know, this was a, was turning into his number one thing and I was like, "Dan, you need a job." And then our next guest gave you a job. And so I got to thank both of you for casting my friend in a show. <laughs> he didn't really give the choice. Okay, thank you for coming in. <laughs> no, I'm I I am so grateful I got to come in. I this is really when exciting. you go second. At like ten, when, 10 whenever, in the morning? yeah, and we we took, we just spoke with uh, a casting director last week, and Joe and I have every single bad trait of a psychosis that like that's not a word that an actor can sure. have, yeah. right? Yeah, like word. all of those things that you shouldn't think. So whenever I go second, I'm like, oh well, I wasn't even supposed to come in for this. They threw me in and they threw me in at the last minute, you know. He has this whole Somebody thing about turn this down. He, so he has this whole thing about time of day and how actors get scheduled in the day from casting that's like, oh, if you if you go at 4:30, like they really want to cast me. This is the prime time <laughs> yeah. slot. Cuz they're they're giving you the optimal time exactly. for warming up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's in the and afternoon. And you can come in and save everyone and like you know, but or if whatever. you're second, it's, you're not going to get that job and then I did. It's very cool. Second to best. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we were so we gun and powder, like f w this. I've never seen him so excited about an audition. Frankly, like like this idea that you get a script and and you know you feel aligned and you're so excited about it. He was he was really really stoked about it. And I know very little about it. And I think our our, our listeners would probably know even less. So I and it started kind of as a as a semi-autobiographical story of your grandmother's aunt. Is that correct? Yeah, or something like that? Of, yeah. Like family folktale. Yeah. It's one of those situations where if you ever like have a family photo album and every time it gets opened up and then the pictures come out and then different stories kind of circulate. Yeah. And so I'm, I've, I'm obviously I'm an African-American woman. And so there would be this particular photo album and then every time we would go holidays whenever we were at great aunt whoever's house mm -hmm. and they would open up the photo album and see these pictures of two white women in the middle of the photo album people would say well who are these white women in the family <laughs> and then you know we'd have to kind of clarify like they're actually not white they're actually our great great aunties mary and martha clark and then that that was basically the only thing that remained consistent everything else was subject to change oh you know they were outlaws you know they killed this man you know they robbed this bank and then they got away with it and, and oh this man was following them for months and oh no they were not the outlaws the outlaws on the other side of the family they just married these pullman porters like nobody agrees <laughs> that's wild it's so wild i'm like well who can tell the secret lies with the with the women and nobody's yeah alive anymore that was alive when they were around except right. my grandmother's baby sister who was like 10 so she has no clue you know right, what I mean so right. it's basically up to us and that's what Ross and I did we were like well we like this premise how can we make it fierce <laughs> it's, <laughs> sing. it's a remarkable it's a remarkable premise um, and so then as you started to always know this about your family did you I, I'm sure you did research upon research to actually like find anything like find those stories uh you know who, who was who was i don't want to say you you said that there was a bunch of different versions of this mm -hmm. so did you like interview family members or did, how did you come up with or was it just literally stories from your past it's just literally well so what you see the on stage is j completely of our own making mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. nice the the interviews and the questions that i asked 
family members kind of proved unfruitful in yeah. terms of <laughs> like not like nailing down an actual story just didn't really happen. I, I just got more of the like hodgepodge collage, cut pictures out of a magazine and paste them on your family tree right. of whatever you wanted it to be. So I think that, that was actually helpful in us understanding that this is a folktale. This yeah. is a legend. Nobody really knows what happened. It's almost like Peter Cottontail or, you know, Johnny Appleseed. Right. You can figure out whatever you want and whatever is the most heroic and epic sounding can be the truth. That's amazing. And so how did you, because you guys met at um, NYU grad um, uh, in the, mu- the musical theater writing program. How did you, how does that work? How did they team you up? Did you pick each other? How did that come about? The first year is like speed dating. Okay. Like <laughs> ha- half of the class is composers. Half of the class are words people. And for every assignment, you rotate working with somebody different. And then for the second year, you have to pick one person. And um, so we we did one assignment together, like halfway through the first year, it and epic. it was, was um, <laughs> it was based on a uh, Chinese fighting, some kind of film. martial arts, martial film. yeah. But it was but it, it was had a to musical, be an That's extended awesome. no oh sequence <clears throat> that you had to adapt from the movie into like a musical sequence, and. We decided to make each character like based on a pop star. So like the queen, like the queen was Lady Gaga, and then yeah. the prince who ended up having like an affair with the queen was Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. And each of them like sounded like those different people. And I was Genius. like, oh, we kind of like speak the same language yeah. here. And <laughs> we like just it. jived. And it was like I didn't like working with anybody else just as much. I loved it too. <laughs> I love that. And so it was like just a no-brainer by the time we got to the end of the first year. And we were like, yeah, I'm putting you first on my list. You have to rank people. It's like so high school. It's so weird. It's like such a strange, like, oh, like, well, so who are you thinking of? And what what number are you on on my list? And it it was so weird. (laughs) But we're like, we're doing a thing. I don't know what you're doing. And then this was the first idea that she pitched at our, like, coffee meeting. At the Starbucks on Astor Place. Oh yeah, Specifically. flagship Starbucks, flagship. right off the six. That what a what a great first pitch. Did it blow your mind a little bit? I Ross? didn't need like, to hear anything else. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I was like, okay, stop. Like, great. Oh, yeah. That was easy. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to come up with two ideas and write like sample oh, songs for two right. ideas. Yeah. And um, I mean, I tried really hard on Gun and Powder, and then for the second one, we were like, okay, like let's like kind of fill this one, like write these wasn't. songs, and then it was clear. And yeah. the faculty is like they help you pick one out of the two, mm-hmm. but it was it was clear. Yeah, no that's so cool. So then, how do you how do you decide how that show sings? Because it takes place in the eighteen nineties in Texas. We should probably like maybe well, we kind of know the context yeah. of like what's going on enough, but it's eighteen nineties. It's Texas. So then, what? There's a huge pop influence in the show which mm-hmm. clearly is like your own modern tastes. But then how did you like meld those two worlds to have something that feels authentic to the time, but is still sings today? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I guess like we, we knew we didn't want it to sound like 1893. Yeah. It would be like all military marches. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these, well, first off, I guess the two main characters are like total badasses. And so we wanted them to sound Fierce. Beyonce. 
Um, like yeah. they were like two like young women taking control over their lives and their destiny. And that um, filtered through just like our own personal musical tastes and like the world we live in. Um, it doesn't sound like 1890. That yeah, sounds no. like what, what, what was your, your musical, like both of your musical tastes when you say that, like what, what is the, what do you find are your biggest sort of inspirations or like when you, when you sit down at the piano to inform something, like what, what do you, do you go to something first? Is there an artist or a, a composing team or something? He's John Legend. <laughs> Jewish John Legend. Yeah. Jewish John Legend. Jewish John Legend. Jewish John Legend. Yeah. Oh, thank you. John Bellion. Yeah, John Bellion, John Legend, Stevie Wonder. I mean, I'm a fellow guy who likes musicals, so I <laughs> Boom. grew up right outside the city going to see see everything. Yeah. And so I grew up on like Spring Awakening, Color Purple in the Heights, Ragtime, Wicked. Yeah. So I think all of those influences are there in like the musical theater sense yeah and then people like john legend and um delta ray yeah mm-hmm. listen to um we listen to a lot of gospel stuff yeah and then just a lot of like r&b and soul yeah pop i don't know i like i like so many different things yeah. and i think with this show because there are so many different kinds of people in the show different right. characters yeah. who have different backgrounds there was a lot of opportunity to um to just kind of like throw paint at the wall and just put all kinds of stuff in it totally yeah because some of the sounds. songs like like that that some of the songs really hit like like les mis like they hit like a good old Ooh. epic musical theater song you know mm-hmm. and then there are some songs that you could just put right on the radio that's you know? what we're hoping the gun and powder mixtape yes yeah <laughs> there was also a lot of like bruno mars when i like i had to make yeah. a list of references for our orchestrator yeah I kept coming back back to like Bruno Mars. Yeah. Just like get the party started. You know, we wanted to make it feel like you're going on an epic journey that you would want to be on in 2020. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? And right. that's Bruno Mars. That's uh, Sia. You know what I mean? Like huge, big sound. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's um, amazing. What, uh, what was the first, when you, so you... Angelica, you have this idea that's part of your family and then you you go to trust it musically with Ross. And I imagine that's a very like vulnerable place to to be in. What was the first did you have an aha moment where you're like, here's this 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 story, Ross, I want you to try to musicalize it. And then you were probably wrote you said two or three songs. Was there one where you were like like he's got it, like we're good, you know? I mean, I feel like I knew that when we did that Curse of the Golden Flower, which was that the the the, the kung fu, kung fu <laughs> movie musical movie, coming movie in twenty twenty one that we conceptualized as that Grammy performance. You know, yeah, I feel awesome. like yeah. you know just because you that it, it it's what happens in that first year where you are obviously speed dating around other composers and lyricists, but then you also are watching everybody else's work, and I feel like I've seen enough of Ross's music to know like he gets it you know what I mean right. like he just he understands the voice because his voice and his his own voice is so ridiculously oh. awesome won't put him on the spot but yeah, kind of did real. <laughs> you know what I mean and Honestly, I'm like we should release those demos because they're like pretty, day we'll the I'm demos? like trying to get to that level like seriously yeah, yeah there's that's... some ex- excellent Instagram content of, oh, of, of, of Ross doing some singing oh my yeah, gosh that's true. seriously and that became the standard it's like if you can't sing the demo better than Ross then yeah. you can't <laughs> that's, that's, it. It. that's a tall order Damn. But then obviously, I mean, because 
the story is so disjointed in real life. It didn't feel like, okay, I'm coming with this specific precious narrative that we have yeah. to remain loyal to. Yeah. It was already, we get to make this up ourselves. And so it became our story. Right. Just like the the women, the figures behind it came from my family. But the narrative is like, it's ours. We can do what we want. So I Yeah, which it. is genius because sometimes the biopics fall into that place where they get they're too historical. It's too mm-hmm. like, this is what happened. And then this happened. And then this happened. But this show has this like overarching dramatic narrative where each scene has to come out of the scene before it in mm-hmm. this, in this way that like makes it really watchable so that you really want to know what happens next, which isn't true of every single musical out there. Although I do love musicals. What? Yeah, we love musicals. <laughs> when actually, we, I, Dan and I both listened to an interview that you did with, with Paige. Oh, Paige! Uh, yes. I, I used to work with John Greer. Oh my gosh, no way! <laughs> yeah, so I John had Greer. spent a lot of time ca- catering with John Greer, and he would always talk about his beautiful wife. And then Paige, when yes. I was... I guess I had gotten the job when I listened to that interview. I'm not sure if it was before I had the job or not. I think it was after I got the job. And then I just wanted to know more about you. So I found that. Oh, bless you for listening to the Blank Page podcast. The Blank Page podcast. Yeah, Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, it was was great. Spotify and all other mediums. (laughs) Place that you can find your podcast. (laughs) Um, But I just loved, uh, you had this, you're not, a person who loves musicals. Not from the start. Not from the start, which I actually love because (laughs) that's literally like the the name of our podcast is, you know, guys who like musicals and we talk to people who like musicals and I think you're the first person who actively like doesn't like musicals who then wrote a musical. And and, and (laughs) And is very good at it. And is very good at it. But you you said in that interview, uh, you know, in musicals you sing the the subtext. Yeah. And in plays you don't. And I just love that. I had an audition for a play yesterday and I was like, okay, don't sing your subtext. Like I was like thinking about you. Your, like advice in that but I just wonder like if you could speak a little bit to that because you've obviously you've yeah. you went into the musical theater writing program you are writing musicals but yeah. um you know traditionally you didn't come up as like you know the three of us I think you know wore out the Les Mis cast <laughs> album and you were right. probably doing mm-hmm. just the opposite <laughs> well so I'll clarify it's not that I don't like musicals it's that I didn't like them growing up exactly sorry right. just an LA girl right. yeah. Yeah. which is right. different than the three of us LA girl right yeah, yeah. that's True. different yeah. yeah I grew up in LA but right. it's in interesting because my father's a singer Hmm. and he loves musicals you know what I mean and so he would be like (laughs) watching the VHS of like Oklahoma like he would you know he put me on to so much of my musical theater heritage and like I loved the sound of music but hated Oklahoma growing up Mm -hmm. oh gosh please don't have all of my all of of our classmates like oh we're gonna look me up and try to stone me (laughs) no I'm but like no honestly as a child like I just didn't understand the convention of like breaking out into song in the middle of a cornfield totally. you know what I mean totally. yeah. but I think learning what the device of musical theater could do and I reference Caroline or Change a lot because yeah. um, for one growing up I just didn't see myself in musicals totally like, yeah. you know like Lion King you know it's Lions it's Simba you know it's yeah. James Earl Jones it's fierce but yeah. as a young black girl watching Guys and Dolls I'm like this is cute but like I don't see it doesn't look like it's something made for people like me yeah. totally. but so then hearing and watching Carolina Change and I'm like so you mean the washing machine is singing yeah. like what is that right um, right. <laughs> so just understanding, like, it's not just a, like, it felt arbitrary to me, like, oh, people are singing now, but yeah. like understanding the craft of it, I feel like I grew in cert- in terms of like my artistic maturity of what 
musical theater was doing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I want to get on board with that. Totally. Totally. And especially that representation, like you talk about, like you're just yeah. not seeing yourself, which is so important, you know? And then it's like, you know, we turn on the TV and always saw us up there singing in cornfields, sure. you know? And so, <laughs> so, I mean, that's just remarkable. And uh, Carolina Changes is doing a revival. So that's going to be very cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so excited. Out. So excited. My good friend is, is the washing machine. No the, way. This girl who's like 25, who's in waitress, Erica Jackson. Oh my gosh. Her oh, third Broadway show. She's like a little Let's Joe Carroll, you know, just like booked, oh, wow. booked, booked, booked on Broadway. Wow. Um, how did uh, that was a compliment, Joe? Thanks. You, you look like you're insulted, but it was a compliment. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to um, do. Thanks. That's all the time we have today. Yeah, right. Just receiving. Uh, <laughs> Angelica, I want you to answer this question too. But Ross, how did you? Because I know you you do perform. Mm -hmm. um, you have performed. You still perform. I know you have a like an acting agent and stuff. But how did you choose to go to grad school for musical theater writing? How did you come to be a composer? You obviously play the, play the piano beautifully and sing beautifully. It was, a, it was a total accident. I love that. graduated from um, Syracuse University, musical theater performance. And I went, I was working on a Disney cruise ship playing Peter Pan. And it was an interesting. Where are the bootlegs? Huh? Where are the bootlegs? Like, where is that footage? Um, I do have a bootleg. I will send it to you. Great. <laughs> it was an interesting time in my life and I actually I was almost fired from that job that's a long story but <laughs> it was two weeks before the end of the contract and I'm just hoping that like they don't send me home and take my bonus away and I get an email from Joel Durfner who is an, a professor at NYU and I, I had taken a summer course there in undergrad just like a four-week musical theater writing thing. I was like, I had been dabbling a little bit. Yeah. And um, lost touch with him, but then he got back in touch like two years later saying, we need more people for this upcoming class and I think you should apply. And I'm like, um, okay. Like I have nothing to do in two weeks. So I like shacked up for four days and just put an application. They were like, don't worry about the application. Just send us what you have. And then like a week later, they're like, okay, you got in. <laughs> to the and most prestigious <laughs> musical theater writing program in the country. <laughs> Wild. And you Wild. start, um, I got off the ship on September 1st and they started September 2nd at wow. NYU. And it was just like, kind of like, not even right place, right time. Just like, it just like the, it was handed it's like divine me, like or something, some, like whatever you, strange, yeah, yeah, twisted yeah. way. Wow. I never thought I'd go to grad school. I never thought I'd be writing. And it just like changed everything. Obviously it changed everything. Yeah. That's amazing. He was the cool new guy. We were like, who's this? Hey. Because everybody was like, have been through orientation yeah. and all that stuff. And I was like mm. on a floating box <laughs> for the past nine months. <laughs> And it was like, you know, he just got off this Disney cruise ship. Like, yeah, he was totally performing. And we're like, oh, this cool new guy. Oh, just so cool. Disney cruise ship, so like, cool. God, there's cool. so much dating. This is like the third dating reference that has been yes. made. Yeah. You know, I wanted to like, go back to something that Angelica yeah. was talking about, though. I think one of the reasons that she is so good is because of that background of like not having come up in musicals. Because, yeah. like, <laughs> I have so many reference points when we're working together. And I will go to, like... Oh, this sequence is like reminding me of this 
one from this other show yeah. and um you you don't think like that you <laughs> think like, huh? everything is so outside the box and yeah. so it, yeah. it doesn't follow any rules and so i think it's a good a balance for the two of us totally um because it pushes me to just go with that idea and even in the way that she writes lyrics like it's not typical so it so it really pushes me to to like break my own rules Right, um, and well, I you think, still have the foundation of knowing the rules mm-hmm. so that you know how to break, break them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but that's I just really love that cool. About you. I love you. That's really cool. I adore this man. Seriously, <laughs> and he's like they got the most patience in the world because he'll be like, you know that, you know that scene out of you. I don't even know. Les Mis. He's like, sure. the moment. And I'm like, yeah, no. Can you pull it up on YouTube? <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like the vocabulary, I'm working on it. But no, seriously. And like, now she's learning piano. Now I'm learning piano. Yes. <laughs> I just love that. I'm yes. Like, I can't tell him, oh, can you take it a fifth down? I'll be like, um, it doesn't sound scary enough. He's like, okay, I'll just figure it out. And then I have to interpret it. But that's perfect. Yeah. Right. But that's that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Because that's giving notes. That's like, like you giving notes and you ha- having to find like intention behind music. Like I'm, I, I'm just, you say that it has to be scarier. And I go to the opening of Sweeney Todd when, when, oh God, uh, when, when he talks about writing that opening and he's like, it had to be in the lowest key possible. And it was super minor and super clashing and do da you know, all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's like that, I don't know. I want to be in the room with you guys. Make, I want yeah. that. I want to see that Sam, happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. Where it Come fall up to the kitchen yeah. table. Come up to the <laughs> kitchen table. No, seriously. And Sweeney Todd was one of the few that I I would keep referencing Sweeney Todd. Like, that moment in Sweeney Todd. Oh, right. the ballad of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That's the musical you know, right? <laughs> right. Sweeney Todd. Does it start, you, you alluded to that it starts kind of in this epic folk tale way does it start with kind of like a join us like you know on the edge of the stage like kind of yes it does yes it does sort of moment (laughs) oh yes he takes us to church (laughs) yes yeah and the guy who's doing it he was a finalist on the voice he was on adam levine's team on the voice wow and he (laughs) he is from dc and when we knew we were going to do this show in dc we were like please call him yeah now, now. God, that is so cool. <laughs> that's that's epic. So this is such a huge deal. Are you guys so excited? I'm sorry to just like nerd out for a second, but like, are you really like this is because you've been working on this for five years, right? Five years. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. I mean, it feels like an arrival, but it also feels like the beginning. The very beginning. Totally. Yeah. Because there's like another whole journey from here. Whole another set mm-hmm. of potatoes. Yes. Yeah. I'm just happy it's finally here and that we have. Um, all these names have been floating around. Oh, this person's working on it. This person's designing it. This person's. Yeah. And then now that we're actually going to be like <laughs> in a room with them and yeah. actually seeing what they bring. Yeah. And knowing that it's not going to be anything like the version that I see in my head or that Angelica oh sees in her totally, head. Totally. The way that like I can't even the, imagine what that. I've been watching yeah. of it for five years, mm-hmm. like that version, it's not, it's not that. Right. But it, when did when did um did the signature theater come into play before Robert O'Hara or how did that mm-hmm. so signature was you know the theater you're doing it at in DC they can't they they were did they option it or how did that kind of work started off because we applied actually to this SigWorks lab back right. in 2017 which was this two week long laboratory workshop situation actually how we met Ration Lamar and another one of our fabulous ensemble 
actresses Awa Salseka, who just just burn that name in your memory, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all we'll say for now. But <laughs> we applied, and it was one of those another wonderful things plucked from the universe was we were the the show chosen for this workshop out of 170 submissions. Wow, crazy! And so we were like, "Hi." we can't wait to play with you and so we developed this relationship with the signature from that moment and so joe calarco who was the director and new works development director at the time um was just our champion throughout this process you know he kept in touch with us and he kept championing for the show for the show for the show and then eventually they offered us a spot amazing Amazing, and then and then, how did Robert O'Hara come into the the fray a little bit? And uh, those of you who don't know, directed Slave Play on Broadway, and which is the most remar- one of the most remar- remarkable things I've ever seen. But has kind of taken Broadway by storm uh, this season. It's just remarkable. And so when that, I mean, I remember Dan comes in here, and he's like, "I'm auditioning for this musical <laughs> that the guy who did Slave Play is doing in DC." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, man, great." Like you know, so that was kind of the the first selling point was that he was attached. Was that how did he come in in get involved he was someone who we all were talking about right yeah the the signature we were excited about him and you know we were just kind of having a conversation about names yeah yeah because we were very passionate about the fact that we really wanted to have an african-american director totally yeah um with this material and so robert o'hara obviously is robert o'hara yeah so we were just we were like to the signature. We're excited about him. Are you excited? And I think it was a no-brainer at that point. Yeah, we met up with him. He had read it. Um, he is such a character. And, <laughs> um, and he is, for how busy he is, he is so um, focused on the task at hand. So he had read through the script. Like He had pages and pages of thoughts. So it was just clear that he was passionate yeah. about it as well especially yeah. for somebody who is doing so many amazing things um it made us feel comfortable putting it in his hands yeah, yeah. and he's also a writer too did he help yes. to kind of influence the show in in that way were there changes that were made because he was involved he did ask some very specific questions that sort of already spoke to things that we were working on questioning sure. concerned about so he just you know laser it's like, I don't understand that. And we're like, great. That's, that's what we needed to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's super helpful. Like, it's it must be nice to have someone who's like a vet and a champion to like, to attach yourselves to as you like make this big step into this, this like whole other echelon that you guys are about to like soar through. He makes us feel very safe. He's just like, listen, we got it. Yeah, this is about to be a technical question about how do you know when a character sings and why? Ooh, grad school question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're about to steal your NYU grad education so that the actors in the audience can have some understanding of what the hell they're doing. I think we do. We have a lot of conversation back and forth about the moment that we're working on. Yeah. And we talk through every single detail, like every yeah. thought. Well, well, usually Angelica will like write a scene or some kind of idea for a scene. And then we'll go through it and talk through it. And then um, 
And then maybe like I'll hear some kind of music and just start like noodling around on the piano. And then she'll be like, oh, I like that. Yeah. And then I'll keep going on that. And then she'll like write maybe a lyric to that. And then we'll go back and forth. So I guess it kind of happens organically. I mean, like the textbook answer would be like, you know, they they sing when the emotion gets too high that they right, of, can't speak. Right, can't speak. Anymore. And then, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think it kind of happens naturally yeah. in in the moment. I love working in the room together as opposed to because we're like bicoastal, bi-coastal. So we do a lot, a lot on Skype. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's something about the energy in the room. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. have a script script when like when you guys started? Did you start? I mean, this is the worst question to ask a music lyric team, but like is it music or lyrics first? And it sounds like it is together. But like, mm-hmm. did you have a script like a, a script script written when you guys started working on it or no? It was just this idea and then it was scenes. Yeah. The the way that this grad program is structured is that they start you in the conversation and then you have to do sort of like an outline treatment and mm. you know you still have no idea what the what the <laughs> show is um and you do, you just present scenes pieces bits of it and they kind of critique the bits and you go back and rewrite but it's kind of disorienting because if you don't know what the whole show is and then you get critiqued on this one scene then you start trying to rewrite so i feel like the okay. first year was us like just trying to get our bearings on what the story was in the midst of critique from the faculty and feedback and well then this isn't working and so the version that is being produced is almost completely rewritten from the first ver- it's almost nothing in common except the same characters <laughs> right, and, yeah, right right and like what five yeah. songs um maybe seven, seven songs, songs but we've written that. like 86 <laughs> wow. wow that have been like well about 25 remain i guess but the rest are cut yeah but like your character dan started as he was this dude called the scorekeeper because we wanted to write like a number that happened in a saloon and there were like poker games and and like all kinds of like rootin tootin stuff happening (laughs) and he was just kind of like the ringleader and his name was scorekeeper and and then and then he somehow evolved into Jesse. And then Crazy, and yeah. then that was when we were like, well, okay, when so this guy needs to sing because he's becoming more important. Dominant. What what does he sing about? He he's very guarded on the outside because he's um like a strapping cowboy. So obviously he's gonna sing his vulnerability because he's finally meeting somebody that he, he thinks he can relate to. Um, so we knew we wanted a song like that and a scene where they kind of c- connect on a deep level for the first time. And then even that song, we've had maybe three or four three versions of. We've gone back to version number two. We've rewritten half of those lyrics. and Yeah, because I've seen the gosh. version that John Riddle sang at uh, Lincoln Center. Yeah, oh, similar, like very but different. Similar, similar, similar song, like, but different. Tone, yeah. but different details. Yeah, totally. That's like, really interesting. Gosh, that's so cool. That's just I yeah I'm just kind of geeking out. I'm very 86 songs. 86 songs. 86. Like yeah. and I mean we joke about the you know Lost in Boston those those albums there were these musical theater albums of 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 trunk shows songs. Sh- trunk songs and sh- songs that were cut from shows and like I want I want that concert at some you can I want, make four I want albums. The, yeah I want <laughs> yeah. the gunpowder <Good laughs> <Yeah. and> like <laughs> like double vinyl pressed you know yeah. 86 that's just and those were all also like notated yeah like put like 
put onto sheet music. Wow. So Hours. to pre- like to present to the faculty and to put right. into all these different versions. Right. Yeah. That's wild. Is it a, a little strange to have, because John sang those songs at the, th- is it a little strange to have songs out there that are no longer part of the show or that, you know, cause you've been working on it for so long and you know, you did have to present material at NAMPT or whatever, you know, are there things that, is that kind of strange to be like, Hey, well, that's actually not the way it is anymore. Or I don't know. I guess it's kind of par for the course. Like yeah. we were very, very, very intentional and strategic about what we did um, release because we knew the we know the nature of the beast at this point. Right. <laughs> so right. we were yeah. like, well, what songs do we know are like not leaving the show? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ones that, you know, the, the song that John Riddle sang and the the different pieces that, you know, have been presented in different cabarets and things were things that we have remained very they're sort of like our the anchors of the show. Um, but you know, we kind of you just have to take that risk because then you'll just not release anything until the cast album. And, right, right. Yeah. And for us, I think it's it's worth it to have like John Riddle singing our song <laughs> right. yeah. out there. Right. Um, it. I mean, we'll take all of the exposure we can get because we are up and coming. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I guess at a certain point, we'll probably be a little more. Um, careful to monitor that right. but um, yeah. I'll take all the help I can get right. Well, yeah. Yeah. right. I guess it's just interesting because like you know when you're just working on things in, in the privacy of your own studio or your own house like th- they can stay sort of private until you want them to be public and you guys have had to kind of pitch this along the way you've mm-hmm. had to mm-hmm. you've had to show people this you know sort of in beta as it grows and as it grows and you know that's also very vulnerable I mean this whole process is yeah. just you know yeah, it would be like scary to like show people your baby and then have them be like, actually, this needs some help. And you're like, no, oh God. I'm still no, working on it. I'm still yeah. working on it. Yeah, that's you know? that's really tough. There's a lot of, uh, like in the history of musical theater, there are so many teams that have written over and over and over and over and over. Do you guys have the plan to keep working together? Oh, of course. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. he can't get rid of me. He better not. <laughs> are you working on anything else that you might not be able to talk about it, which is totally fine too, but. We got something cooking. <laughs> that means yes. Early stages. Yes. Yeah, early, early, early stages of some. That's very exciting. Yeah. That's I love very that. exciting. I I'm love excited that. to hear that. I have a question. Yeah. Is there anything, like, I love talking to writers and, and producers and thing, people who, uh, you know, what do you wish that actors knew? Is there anything that you can think of as writers that, like, you wish, whether it's in an audition setting or just in a performance, like, you know, is there anything that you wish that actors knew that writers know? Is that it? Does that make sense? There's another pause to edit out. That's what we can we yeah, can edit all around. There's plenty of pauses to edit. That's yeah. a it's a heady question, but I just I remember I remember taking a class and and having this teacher be like, you know, as actors, you got to start thinking about this, you know, scenes from the perspective of the writer, from the perspective of the producer, from the perspective of people yeah. that have been working on this thing for five years. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really helpful to be like, even if it's just learn your words, you know. Yeah. yeah. But like you guys have such an intimate connection to this piece and then we show up for two minutes and sing one of your songs that you've sweat over at the piano for yeah. five years. Right. And, yeah. You know? Well, um, I I learned so much too like sitting in on our own auditions. Yeah. Like as a performer myself. Totally. Um, the biggest thing was that like a little preparation goes a really long way. Mm-hmm. And it was so... In, in what way? Like you did like the most preparation out of anybody. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Oh. Because you 
um, you just came in and like lived it. And you, what am I trying to say? Actually, you you were talking on the Shoshana Bean episode. You were like yeah. the the moment that people learned how to like open their hearts in an audition room, everything yeah. changes. And I really feel like you were like one of the people who did that. And it put me at ease knowing like, oh, this guy's like super passionate about this material. Like, like as passionate as we are and it just shows in the preparation and like the um the care that you took and the graciousness like with which you perform the material and i wish that that was something that that i knew is like we want you to be it yeah like we're really rooting for you we want you to walk in and like be just be that character right. and just yeah. want to live in the moment <laughs> yeah um and then it just makes it like kind of like easy makes our yeah. job easy because yeah. it's like oh but oh yeah. this person like but dan <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah adding to that and you know kind of in the same vein make a choice yeah. you know what i mean yeah like because specificity is key um, preparation and knowing that you're coming in to add something to bring to life something that was on paper, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was another, you know, of course, just singing your praises, honestly, <laughs> because you specifically you presented two sides of this man who we have very specifically kind of delineate, not to give anything away, but he has he's got this Jekyll and Hyde, you yeah. know, and you put forth equal amount of specificity and um, detail into both of them. And you, like, you had nuance. There were just different things about this man had made him three-dimensional. And I think that that's what's so important because I feel like sometimes actors in an audition setting will get nervous and just try to, like, get the song out or get the words out and just trip up and not remember that this has to be a person that we actually believe and follow and go through an arc. And I know it's tough because, you know, obviously you don't necessarily have time to like read the whole script of something before you go into an audition room, but like just based on context, like the sides are chosen with a lot of um, intention in all situations. So like extracting as much from the sides as you can to understand like, I think I know what this man is. I think I know who this woman is. I think I know who this person is. Let me see if I can put this on it. I think that just helps us so much to understand like, okay, you can follow through this journey with this character. You're not just trying to sing, the, <laughs> get the words right. Right. Yeah. And also like you can bring something additional like to our right. space, to our rehearsal room by, sh- by showing all those things and living all those things. It's like, that's, <laughs> that's like an energy that is like a quality that is going to add in a way that, I can't even conceive at this moment, but when we get into the rehearsal room, um, like that's going to mix in super well. Totally. Yeah. And there was so much, I I, I feel like I want to, we may have to do this like before, like in the intro, I might have to answer, like give all my thoughts on this because there's so many things I want to (laughs) say. But what I want to say in front of you guys is there's like an interesting, um, I was, I don't know who sang the underneath demo. I couldn't... I don't think it was you. It was me. Yeah, it's Ross. That is you? Mm-hmm. 
That's me doing my best Stephen Pasquale. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's next level. That's amazing. I'm looking at Joe with the widest eyes because yeah. it's yeah. next level. Yeah. And it just is a different quality than in, in uh-huh. Destiny. Um, <clears throat> it's so good. <laughs> it's like John Paul Owens. Like It's like... Great. It's like epic Miz. It's really amazing. Yeah. But listening to that song, like I, I felt deep in my soul something was alive. <laughs> oh, wow deep in my soul. Mm. And I would, I was driving home from, I'm going to cry. I was, I am, (laughs) I was driving home from Chelsea Pierce on my city bike on 26th street. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was like the world just like opened up and like, I was there. Oh my God. It was wild. Oh my God. It was wild. It just like totally. And we've been talking on this show like over and over and over. We, when we started doing the show, we didn't really even know what we were doing, but the more we do it, the more we're like, (laughs) Oh, this is about just like trying to figure out how this world works. And we keep saying the world alignment. We keep saying alignment, alignment. Mm -hmm. And it just was one of those moments where there's only been two scenarios in my career where I've ever felt like I actually connected to what was happening. And it is weird to connect with this character that is a Jacqueline Hyde. It's weird to Mm -hmm. like, when people see this show and they're going to be like, wait, you connect with this guy. It's going like, <laughs> to be concerning because of some of the themes in the show, but it's deeper than that. It's no. about like identity and, and yeah. those kinds of things. And um, just the way that the music and the lyrics came together, not to give anything away, but. And you just, yeah. you, you, you had a great song on your headphones, riding your bike, like yeah. a great musical theater song. And yeah. like, you know, that, that doesn't happen very often. I, I think, you know, yeah, I don't like either. those like moment you're, mm-hmm. I can see it. I see the movie of that Dan riding his bike down 27 with like the sun opening. Like, <laughs> Wait, I get it. Yeah. I love musicals. And like, <laughs> and like where, where I was, you can see the uh the empire state building like through the buildings oh, behind me and i just like, stopped there as the lyric switches mm-hmm. and that motif comes in from earlier in the show mm-hmm. will we have a you know i don't want to give it uh, yes. Yes. that oh yes. that switch oh. when he makes the choice <laughs> oh, and i was like oh this is about a man who's like dealing with something that's really complicated but he wants to do the right thing because he thinks he can, you know? Yeah. And then it all opened up for me that it wasn't about this guy's not a terrible person. He's not. He just doesn't yeah. know. Yeah. And yeah. that I could totally relate to. And that all just like unraveled for me. And then I was like, oh, because the trap, if we're going to talk about the story of of the sides, right? Mm-hmm. And like how to prepare an audition mm-hmm. as an actor mm-hmm. and figure out what the thing is. A lot of times I think in our preparation, we end up just playing general moods. Yeah. yeah, it was clear in the first scene that he was like, uh, the general mood of that first scene could have been to interrogate and be like menacing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, like this is a this is a fun game for me. We have to show the charm here. And then in the mm-hmm. second scene was yeah. where you could like kind of show those other sides, and you could like, I don't know. Now I'm just rambling about <laughs> how I think I put that together because also the last thing I want to say is that sometimes you have five, four, I'm not going to say I have five auditions because that never happens, but sometimes you have three auditions and you have no time to prepare. Right. And I got really lucky that I hadn't had anything come in and it was just you guys. And I could just like all day for three days, just like do this and like know it and be there and do it and show up on the day and do it. And it was only three days, which is not a long time for musicals, but it just like all worked out. And now here we are. Wow. My heart's beating super fast. Mine too. <laughs> Mine three. 
<laughs> and I'm here too. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just Help so, us, Joe. I'm so excited. To, first of all, I'm, I'm going to come to DC and see it, obviously. Yay. But then Amazing. what I'm excited for is to like, we'll, we'll, I think we'll air this around the time that it opens, around the time. So, you know, we'll figure all that out. But and yeah. we're just talking live now, but we'll figure out th- that. But I'm excited to re-air this like when it comes to New York yes. and to be like, and to be like, remember we were sitting here talking about it, you know, and when, then... And then all of, do you think that things will change when we're down there? It's so I, fast. Like I know, like I think so, but also we have like three weeks. Yeah, three yeah, and a half weeks. So fast. It's I. Anytime I go into a rehearsal process, I always feel like, all right, I've done all the work that I can do, and it's the script is tight, it's ready, yeah. and then I'm amazed at how much rewriting still happens in plays. Yeah. So this is my first musical that I'm taking to production. So I am absolutely. Oh, I don't want to say terrified. I have. I just have no idea. Yeah, and yeah. there's so, and there's like so many more moving parts too. It's like if That's we make right. a change, well, this affects the choreography. This affects mm-hmm. the orchestration. This will have, like there's so many. It's like dominoes. Jenga. Right. right. Um, yeah. So who knows? And then within that, we have like two seconds to put yeah, it together. So fast. And this is like the first real production, correct? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, so, yeah. so you know, you'll want to probably make some changes, but. You're right. Like it affects everything because it's everything. it's three weeks. Yeah, and then tech, and then yeah. you know tech, five four yeah. previews or whatever, and we open. Like it's really fast. Yeah. And oh I've gosh. I've done like a lab before, and the lab was changing like the day of. So like it can happen. You know, it can yeah. change. But it's different when you're like worrying about how a moment's going to tech. You can't just rewrite a scene. Yeah, but it's funny too because you guys yeah. have been working on it for so long that I imagine you're you are you're like it's it's tight. It's ready to go. That's, you know, we would, I mean, five years, we would think, okay, we've done so much work. But then again, like Ross was saying, you, until living, living, breathing people walk it out. Really, there's so many things you just will not absolutely know at all. Right. Yeah. It's like, you can't finish the end of destiny and change into this petticoat in five seconds. (laughs) What do you mean? Cut the petticoat. Cut the petticoat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be Cut five bars of this song. We'll be like, what do you mean? Cut this song. We've cut this song 18 different times. You know? Yeah. You know know how long this song was in 2015? (laughs) This used to be 20 pages. Now it's four. Um, Before we finish, I just want to know, um, what, uh, what, you guys have cooking and what we should I want you to ask your question because yeah. I think it, it's really great here I'm excited do you want me to do it right and now? that can be part of it yeah. okay great Yeah. so this is my really cheesy again musical theater reference question but what is your for both of you what is your unreachable star and what that means in is anything that is on the horizon that you're now like trying to point the ship towards it could be anything. It could be something next What's week. What's y'all's destiny? You know, <laughs> yeah. but it's funny because we taught, we, show I asked that question a lot. What? <laughs> we did the show joke. Yeah. yeah. I right over my head. Cause I don't know anything <laughs> like, about it yeah. except yep, that true. my friend is in it and you guys are awesome and I'm excited to see it. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. But uh, we asked like, we asked that question to a lot of people and so, you know, I, we asked it to our friend who's 22 and he's like, I want to be in an X-Men movie. And then you ask a friend who's like in their forties and they're like, I want to, you know, it's a more ethereal answer. Mm, so like whatever, yeah. it can be anything, but I just want to know where you guys see, like, you know, what, what's down the road. Besides Broadway. Yeah, Broadway's <laughs> great. <laughs> Ladies first. I mean, definitely Broadway. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yes. Definitely Broadway. We're definitely, you mm-hmm. know, 
I think that, you know, I can speak for us both saying that, you know, the, this would be the first of multiple Broadway shows for us that we, yeah. you know, yeah, definitely. Um, and I want to write a film that Hans Zimmer scores. Hell yeah. Just Sorry, because, Ross. No, it's not personal. He's told me that he's if I do if I do opera, he's out. So I'm like, well, then I'm gonna just write an opera for Hans Zimmer. Yeah, there you go. Everything Love else, Ross, and then for opera, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> it's okay. You can, you can take the opera. Do you have Do you have that. any? Awesome. Do you have a part of that answer that is like Angelica? Uh, uh, aside from like what you have to do as a writer, um, I. Definitely. You mean like the fact that I want to choreograph a flamenco dance in Pamplona? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you mean? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love. To, yeah. I'd love to do some stuff with choreography. Um, cool. I'm in LA, so yeah. There are some TV ideas that um, I want to that I you know definitely staffing on TV and starting and creating my own show. But yeah, yeah I want to get to Spain and do some flamenco. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Let's Super do that. Random. Nice. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. And also, you're the first people that have been on the show to be like Broadway, which is like awesome because yeah. we're we're kind of a Broadway podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what what's your unreachable star? Mm -hmm. Broadway. Like that's exactly <laughs> and then the when answer. You get there, we'll re-air this. And then yeah. when you get there, we'll re-air. But yeah. like right. you know, that's very. It's that's just like that's very cool, Ross. I think that's have, like the. I think that's like the little kid dream inside me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just always been that. And I know it's like everyone's always like they get there and they're like, okay, now what? Um, <laughs> but like, I guess it's par for the course. Um, yeah, totally. And it's just, I don't know. It's like the little theater nerd inside you has that goal. And then yeah. beyond that, I think it's just to be able to make a career in theater. Like I look at people like, um, like Pasek and Paul and, like Lin-Manuel Miranda and Bobby Lopez. And yeah. like, um, these are people who just make careers. In totally. theater, Stephen Flaherty, Lynn Aarons, yeah. Alan yeah. Menken. Right. And it's just like an amazing legacy that they, that they leave. Yeah, totally. And um, those are the people that I really look up to because they just, and it's not that they don't, it's not like a constant stream of successes. It's right. just right. that you, can live your life like fulfilling your passion every day and you have projects that continue to feed that and um that i guess that's my that's kind of like great, yeah. me at 29 it's an excellent that's answer. my <laughs> unreachable star i love so that yeah. that's an excellent answer <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome well i can't wait to see the show holy shit i can't wait to start rehearsals i like was uh they they we're in a workshop week right now mm -hmm. um and so we had this whole week and i was like great i want nine to six every day like yeah. i just want to i just want to do it let's go now yes. and i'm sure like week three of tech i'm gonna be like or week three of rehearsals i'm gonna be like i need a break <laughs> can i sit down but right now i'm just so excited to get to get going and working with you guys That's i'm really excited too. guys yes. guys we can't wait yeah go see it if you're especially if you're in the dc area but it's broadway Yes. So, yes, let's make it happen. Let's <laughs> go. Amazing. You guys the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.